Before there was Bo, Brett, or even Barry, there was Pat. Live from the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios, you're listening to The Pat Richter Show with Jim Rutledge and former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter. Man, that band sounds even better this week as it is game week here on the Pat Richter Show. Alex Strove in for Jim Rutledge. Game week already, man. That summer just flew by, but the 12th ranked Wisconsin Badgers will open their season this weekend hosting the 19th ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. We'll get into that here in just a second, but this is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, I'm Alex Strofe live in the Park Bank ESPN Madison Studios downtown on the Capitol Square. Pat, haven't chatted with you in a few weeks. How are you, friend? Oh, usually it's the music and uh, the sounds of the week, but good to have you with us, Alex. Appreciate it. <laughs> of course. Good to be here with you, Pat, especially this week as the Wisconsin Badgers gearing up to open their season in conference play against a ranked opponent. The first time since 1981 they've done that. When they stunned number one Michigan, that was before your time as athletic director. But do you remember that game in 1981, Pat, 40 years ago? Boy, I tell you, I do. And I think that uh, that was kind of the era when Bo Schembechler was coaching and uh, we had some of the craziest things. Uh, believe it or not, I'm not sure if that was that game or not, but uh, Bo Schembechler got the officials to call an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on the fans because they were making too much noise. Wow. Tom Quinn was the official, and uh, he was always kind of a little partial to Michigan, I think it was, but that one took the <laughs> cake, you know. But I was, uh, it went, victories back in those days were a little bit few and far between, but, uh, you know, as Wisconsin always shows, they have a potential to beat the uh, the big dogs, and sometimes if any, anybody takes them a little bit lightly, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be cruising for an upset. But, uh, you know, that's the situation they got this year now, that it's just kind of the shoes on the other foot, and, uh, you know, nobody's taking Wisconsin uh, casually. They're always being tough. And now you got to look at the Penn States and see, well, you know, are they really for real? I think the last few years it's been kind of they're getting high ranks, but high rankings, but they're not really the quality team that uh, yeah. they're supposed to be. And so hopefully they don't sleep up on us, kind of sneak up on us tomorrow or Saturday. Yeah, no doubt about it. Pat Richter here on the Pat Richter Show. And James Franklin has led that team for the last few years the Penn State Nittany Lions 19th ranked in the nation so it'll be interesting to see what they bring to it we'll get to the game here in just a second Pat but I do want to ask you obviously the fans back in attendance this weekend for the first time in two years Madison's going to be buzzing unlike it was in 2020 pretty exciting to have the fans back at Camp Randall Stadium this weekend it really is. I think everybody's been looking forward to it. I think you kind of uh, saw that at uh, Green Bay last week and uh, a couple weeks ago, and everybody was just kind of chomping at the bit, uh, doing crazy things, making a lot of noise, getting the coach mad because they're making too much noise when their offense is on the field. But uh, that shouldn't be a problem here. But uh, I think this is really exciting because the first game is just back to the first week the kids are back to school. And uh, you know they'll they'll be cranked up, and I think that they're really looking forward to a, a game against a quality opponent. Usually we have the directional teams, you know, Eastern, Western Michigan, Central Michigan, Eastern Illinois, whatever. But this year uh, it's really kind of going to be a very tough one. You kind of come out of the box uh, full bore, and generally speaking, when you have a season of 11, 12 games. 
you know, I remember talking to one of the strength and conditioning guys years ago, and they said, you know, we don't try to peak out and be in top condition in the first game. It's maybe the third, fourth, or fifth game down the road because you can't maintain that kind of level of uh, conditioning for for a good 12 or 13 weeks if you have a bye. And so I would expect that uh, they do the same sort of thing and maybe a little bit a little bit sloppy. You can't uh, replicate uh, game conditions and practice all the time. So it, my turnovers could be a very important part of this game. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, it's week one. We're certain to see several turnovers, I'd see, from both sides and really across college football as, as we get going. But a conference opener, I, I, I haven't seen one of these in I don't know how long, Pat, for the Wisconsin Badgers. Typically, you start the season non-conference, but you're starting this thing at 100 miles an hour. Pretty, uh, pretty exciting to start things off on a conference game. Are you excited about that aspect, or would you rather ease into it? How, how do you look at this? Well, I think if you're on the side of a coach and whatever, you'd probably like to ease into it. I think that, uh, on the other hand, if you've got some, a team that you're playing, it's got a lot of uh, new people and uh, untested people, it's probably just as well that you want to get them right off the bat and uh, early in the season. So I would expect that there's a little bit of both. I I, I think that uh, I don't think Penn State's got as many returning guys as we do, but uh, you just never know. I, one thing I've always noticed about Penn State is they always have big people. They've always got guys with bulk, yeah. good size, uh, defensive linemen. They may not have the experience, but uh, – they're on the way to getting a good team usually, but uh, they've kind of struggled over the years with uh, Franklin at the helm, and so you just—they're uh, kind of getting a little bit of the past reviews, giving the rankings that they've got. But it remains to be seen whether or not they've got the quality team that uh, Penn State's had under Paterno. Yeah, no doubt about it. They uh, ended last season on a four-game winning streak, and including some wins over Michigan, Michigan State, and Illinois. So they ended last season solidly, but it'll be it's a new year. And as you mentioned, not as many returners as, as the Badgers have. One of those is, is Graham Mertz, who we really looked at under a microscope last year in his first year as a starter. You've got to imagine it's, it's going to be progression for Graham Mertz his second year under center, and that gets going Saturday. Well, that's right. Of course, last year he got off to a quick start, and this year I think he's probably got a little bit of a kind of got a little bit of a reckoning, so to speak, in terms of uh, it's not as easy as it might appear. And so I think that he's going to probably be a little more cautious, probably a little more calculated, not taking a lot of chances and uh, risk taker. Of course, Paul's not that way as well, and, and and he still has some things to prove. See what kind of running game they're going to have with the. Uh, the new people they've got, uh, certainly defense, I think, well, you'd expect at this time of the season, and uh, it's usually the case early in the season, defense has got the advantage. And I think that uh, given the fact that we've got an experienced defense with Jim Leonard, should give us a tremendous advantage in this first game. This is the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, chatting with former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter, brought to you in part by Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb. You hear Jim talk about it all the time. Dan Andrews and his team of experts helped Jim find the Chevy he wanted, and he certainly got it, and they will do the same for you at Simden Chevy in Mount Horeb, where you are only minutes away from a better buying experience. Talk about a, a first time, a way to start a career 
Pat, and that's exactly what new athletic director Chris McIntosh will do. This is the first football season for him at the helm of the Wisconsin Athletic Department. You went through this in 1989, your first year as the athletic director at UW. Uh, what can we expect? I mean, obviously, it's it's a big stage for McIntosh. He's inheriting a really solid uh, program and really uh, overall athletic department, but it's his first football season. That's obviously the moneymaker. Uh, pretty exciting time for him, I imagine. Yeah, exciting time, plus uh, with a lot of uh, questions, you know. Yeah. And just as the first time that you get into that, there's a lot of things that you'll have to do. you got a lot of responsibilities, you know, tailgate parties, uh, different types of sponsorships and things like this. And, and I guess it's, uh, again, you kind of look at uh, somebody that when we came in our, back in 1990, I guess I would kind of characterize it as maybe more anticipation you know and and just wondering right. what's going to happen we're just not sure you got a new coach you got new players you got to heard a lot about the fact that the, the things have changed a great deal the uh, marketing program for that first game was uh, that season was a whole new animal and uh, and you market that and because it was different types of team but we started off in a matter of tough year with one and ten a lot of people called and said, you know, well, the animal looks the same, but we're not winning many games. But you could tell it was different. So I think anticipation was kind of the word that uh, you're just kind of looking at back in those days. And I would say right now there's kind of more expectation. I mean, this you're taking over an athletic department that has run pretty well over the last uh, 30 years. And, uh and now there's uh, an expectation of the people that out there to be successful. I mean, I mean this uh, this generation has not seen much uh, the downside in Badger football for, for one, and certainly basketball and uh, and others and other sports. But they've been used to winning pretty pretty regularly in here and being at the top of the heap, so to speak. So that's the pressure that comes with it and the, and the expectation. And uh, like I say, sometimes it's easier when you have anticipation because sure. you're not really sure it's going to be good. You hope it is, but uh, could go either way. But right now, I think everybody's feeling this should be a really good team, and that's where the pressure comes in. Yeah, well, last question on McIntosh, Pat. I mean, if there's a piece of advice you could give him heading into the football season, does that really lay a foundation for a for a successful career at athletic director? You obviously served 14-plus years at the helm of UW Athletics. Is is this as important as maybe I'm viewing it or, or not quite? Well, I think certainly it is, and I think that it's a little unusual since it came off of a pandemic year and, and uh, you know, there was a, a lot of money lost all over across the country in football programs and uh, deficits and things like this. And so the anticipation is that you've got uh, people been waiting a long time and they're really excited and enthused. And I think you have to temper that with just making sure that you're you're looking at this for a long haul. It's not a you know one-shot deal type of thing. And you've certainly got other programs that you have to consider. You know, you have to watch out for and make sure that you're uh, giving them attention as well. I remember one of the searches we were at, talking with a new athletic director. There, we were doing a search, and uh, and one of the student athletes, a female student athlete, we said, "Well, what would you like to see in your athletic director? Because you know, you've seen some things in the past, and what would you like to see?" And he said, "I just like to make sure that uh, the athletic director." comes around to practice once in a while or a game yeah. on occasion so that I know I'm part of something much bigger. And it was a, really a very appropriate statement because there is a big department, but you want to make sure that you give everybody a little bit of a time. But certainly the football starts off the season really with a bang, especially with Penn State, and uh, you don't really have an awful lot of time to 
spread yourself thin. You just want to get that first one under your belt and then uh, kind of settle into the position. Great story. Thanks for sharing that. What are, what are your plans for the big game, Pat? 11 o'clock kickoff on Saturday. Are you going to kick the feet up, watch college football day? You got any big plans? Well, we go to that game first, but uh, it's I like the early games. I think as a player, and I'm sure Chris probably yeah. feel the same way, that uh, the early games are really what you like because you hate to sit around, especially when you're on the road, which I think you know gives a little bit of an advantage to the – the opposing team, they don't have to sit in a hotel. But if you're on the road and you've got a 6 o'clock or 7.30 game, you know, that's just brutal. And so uh, I think you want to make sure that you get out there and it looks like it's going to be a great day and uh, and get at it right away and not wait around and anticipate the uh, inevitable during the day. But uh, this one is uh, it's good. you got a lot of focus on it because you kind of got a quality game both teams in the top twenty, yeah, and you got them right off the bat, and so a lot of lot of uh, eyeglasses on this one. No doubt about it. You've used the word anticipation several times. It's certainly heavily anticipated a top twenty matchup between the Penn State Nittany Lions and the Wisconsin Badgers to open the college season this Saturday. This is the Pat Richter Show, one hundred point five ESPN. We'll talk some Brewers and Packers next. Pat, we'll do that next here on the Pat Richter Show. On the air, on demand, on social, on Wisconsin sports. Serving Wisconsin sports fans. This is 100.5 ESPN. back to the Pat Richter Show, 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Brought to you in part by J&K Security Solutions. If you need to protect your home or business, there's only one call to make. J&K Security Solutions. At J&K, they work hard to protect the things that matter most in your life. For more information, call 255-5799. Or visit jksecurity.com. That's jksecurity.com. Alex Strofe alongside former Badgers Athletic Director Pat Richter as we get ready for the season opener of college football this weekend. But I want to switch gears, Pat. Let's talk a little Milwaukee Brewers. They closed the month of August with three straight wins, currently in a four-game series with the NL Best San Francisco Giants. They've won the first two third game tonight of those four, but they have just looked fantastic, Pat. I mean, there has not been a real slip-up for them, it feels, all season. They haven't gone on a long losing streak at all. This this really just feels like the best team we've seen in, in quite some time. It really is, and and this was the one that I was really kind of worried about. Uh, you know, they just just like last night when the Belt hit a home run, you just say, "Well, you got a you know six to two lead, and they, you just got to walk somebody." And you think, "Boy, they just they're just ramp." You're kind of thinking along the lines of Brewers because this is what they would do. They'd get a couple of guys on and score, and then all of a sudden you're behind by three or four runs. But it's just the a delight to watch. I mean, I I think that. Uh, you know, Council just probably just can't hardly contain himself. He's just watching these guys play. They don't do many stupid things. And occasionally, if they do, it's going be one out of a commission, not omission. They're trying to do something too hard, just like when Kane climbed the wall last night. Yeah. You know, I thought for a minute there, when he went down, it looked like he maybe got his arm caught back there and he was <laughs> falling back and he pulled his arm out of the socket. But. Uh, <laughs> Just a great bunch, and and they, and they just got the enthusiasm. I mean, Urias. I mean, 
he wanted to sit there, and when he starts rocking back and forth, saying, get ready for the pitch. It's gonna, you're gonna, every once in a while, he sneak a quick one in on him, and he's not ready for it. But he's doing well. I mean, it's just it's a good mix because, I mean, you think about it, you don't have Escobedo, Escobar back there as well. And uh, and he's uh, gives him a really delight. They're just like uh, uh, having a pinch hitter or a switch hitter in there. You got him playing. Mm-hmm. You can play him every day if you want. One thing I thought I kick out of, and he is. Hopefully, I get, keep him on the roster. But saw Daniel Vogelbach was on the uh, in the in the locker or the uh, dugout last night. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know it's going to be tough for him to get into the lineup with the way Telez is playing yeah. and when Escobar is back and. In terms of a right-handed uh, hitter at first base as well, switch hitter, and but he just was. I think he uh, he should get a little bit of credit. He kind of kept him going, stirred him up a little totally. bit. Totally. Then uh, then Adamas came in and. Uh, the other guys kind of took it, but he was kind of a great locker room guy, and and just uh, just that youthful enthusiasm. And you think about it, you, I mean, you think about uh, uh, Ryan Brown, whatever. I mean, Ryan seems like he's aged. You know, he's a old timer. And the same thing <laughs> with uh, Shaw, and uh, and uh, and so I think that uh, the enthusiasm, the excitement, the pitching. What can you say? You can't really say too much about that. I mean. Yeah. My 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 kind of wish is that maybe that I just I just have not bought into Brett Anderson yet. I think he's it just seems like he's just a little susceptible. He got a little bit of a hypochondriac attitude, I think, as well. But but he uh, but the other guys in there, you know, the way Burns is playing and and uh, and Brandon and uh, the uh, Peralta. And uh, train, even even Suter, I mean, you, you got to give the guy credit. He gets it back in there, and you think, oh boy, he's going to be just chopped liver by the time he's done with him. And he and he just keeps you know throwing them all over the place and and <laughs> getting striking them out. And, and then that little play last night in terms of the block, I mean, that was as I've seen to be had be Angel Hernandez. I mean, he just seems to be in the middle of everything. It's just. Uh, but if that's the worst it gets, you can't complain. But it's, they're fun to watch. I mean, I love watching them, and and uh, and it's just hard to believe that they're ten games up uh, on a very yeah, right. good Reds team. But they're slumping right now, and the Cardinals are going to go maybe overtake them. Yeah, no doubt. Well, you know the saying, Pat. What is it? If the referee's name is known, or I guess in this case, if the umpire's name is known, he's probably not very good at his job. Isn't that the saying? Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. He should be kind of invisible, but I. That's maybe the thing that's really been bothersome. I think is the last. Uh, I think the games uh, against uh, was it uh, we the Twins when you had uh, Brian Gorman. I mean he's a he's yeah. an experienced umpire and and for to make some calls like that they're just ridiculous and at a time when it's a crucial part of the game <laughs> and they're very important. They're locked into a race for the, the title and. Uh, and you're calling strikes that are six, eight inches outside the box, and I think this is probably a little bit of a, a kind of a, this guy's rearing their head a little bit and kind of, and kind of against the against the uh, box that they put on the television and second guessing and everything else. They every once in a while they do it just to stir us up. But uh, <laughs> it seems like it was pretty good the last two days. But to to go on the road and beat the team that's uh, you know still three games uh, more. Uh, Ahead in terms of victories yeah. than the Brewers uh, is really something. I mean, they've added a Bryant and he's done well, but 
uh, in this series so far, it's the pitching that's really held up, and that's uh, that's a real strength. And hopefully, uh, when they get Peralta back uh, this, in this next couple of games, I guess it is he'll be back. Uh, that he's back to where he was before, and that'll really solidify. It's going to be tough to uh, for somebody to sit down with the, with the starters because uh, Ashby's looked good, and uh, so it's uh, it's a really good problem to have that the council's looking at right now. Chatting with former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter here on the Pat Richter Show. Pat, are you an animated fan? Like, do you get real into it? Because the way I hear you talk about baseball, I feel like you're throwing things at the TV when things go wrong. Am I am I wrong in that assumption? Well, a little bit of that. I think that <laughs> baseball is the one thing, as I know with the kids and everything else, it's the one game that as a coach you can control. You know, yeah. I mean, football gets, once the ball is snapped, I mean, you're depending on the guys running the right route and everything else, but as a as a coach or a manager in, in baseball, you know, I want you to swing, I don't want you to swing, I want you to steal, I you know, take a pitch, throw a curve, whatever. You can control how that game is being played, and it kind of falls back onto you, where some of the others are a little bit out of your hands. But I, I, I enjoy watching the games, and I and I like to listen to the broadcast. Sometimes my wife and I get into some arguments because she'll chime in. I said that's what their job is to let the, <laughs> let's listen to what's going on on the television or whatever. But uh, it's it's a great bunch, and they uh, they all add an awful lot to it. But I. I'm not a. I don't throw things at him, but I use some bad words once in a while. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Fair enough. And we don't want you to say those. We don't get. A, don't want to get in trouble with the FCC. But uh, you mentioned some of these Brewers, right? Rowdy Tellez, who was a midseason addition. Same with Willie Adamas, uh, and then some of the guys who have been here. Some of those arms: Josh Hader, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff. Who to you has really been the most impressive Brewer during this uh, this ridiculously solid run for them? Who, who who has really stuck out to you? Is there one name or is it multiple? Well, I think I, I, if I had one guy to put up there, depend on, I would put Garcia up there, and, and Narvaez as well. Sure. And Adamas has got enthusiasm. He's slowed down a little bit. He gets a little bit anxious. But uh, just as a guy that seems to be really solid, and Narvaez and Garcia really added an awful lot because when you get somebody in base, uh, you know, you, and you might get a match of a righty against a righty, but uh, and Garcia might not be as successful. And Narvaez seems to be hitting the lefties, and and of course now uh, you know, coming lately in the last ten days or so, uh, Yelich is catching on. So, but I, I really like the uh, just the Gar- Garcia's demeanor and the way he plays the game, and uh, and he's just a clutch guy. Yeah, no doubt about it. As this team really gets rolling, we're seeing obviously the best team record-wise in the NL here with the San Francisco Giants. The Dodgers obviously still in the mix. Uh, is there a team that worries you in the NL, or, or do you feel like this is the Brewers' National League to lose? Well, I think it is. There's, there's to lose in the National. Certainly when you get down to the ones that are always give you trouble with the Dodgers, I mean, they... Yeah. They just seem to load up, and uh, you know how they can afford guys. Uh, Scherzer's, they keep the Turners, and you know guys like that. They got rid of Peterson, uh, uh, and, and so they. But they've got such a solid bunch, and that if you can hang in there with them, and, and you know you look at it and say, well, okay, but even then the, the Giants are still ahead. They're getting mm-hmm. a little bit getting closer to the Giants, but uh, so there must be some vulnerability there. But uh, they just with Kershaw and and. and uh, 
Bueller, you just never know who you're going to get in terms of uh, tough games and the matchups and things like this. But I think the Brewers are an entirely different team than they faced last year, and that's the really nice thing about it is that they, I think they realize that this is going to be a good, tough road to hold because there isn't a weakness in that lineup. I mean, you, I mean, you used to say, well, you get R.C. in there, maybe he wouldn't hit very well. But this lineup right now, I mean, Wong has been a terrific addition. I think yeah. he... He really kind of stirred it up, and he was with the St. Louis Cardinals. When you take him out of the Cardinal lineup, you maybe take about two or three games you might have lost just because he was on their team and, and you had him on your side. And so uh, he's been a great addition as well, very steady. But but I, I think he's another guy that you could like to put in there. He, he'll, he'll strike out once in a while when things aren't on the line, mm-hmm. but when things are down there, he'll punch that thing down the left, left field line at the best third base, and he's... He's just a hitting machine. Yeah, a lot of credit to go around, especially to David Stearns, who orchestrated this whole team. But they've it's now September 1st. Uh, Brewers fans have all of a sudden nicknamed this Craig Timber because it really seems the, the past few years the Brewers have geared up for the postseason really well in September. So a so fun, f- fun month of baseball ahead, Pat. Yeah, it's just like we talked about earlier. It's not anticipation, it's expectation. Yeah. I mean, now they're getting everybody spoiled and running away with 10 games. And, uh, you know, you just don't want to get too, too crazy because look what happened to the Bucks last year when they kind of ran off with a great record right. and it didn't happen with the playoffs. And, and so uh, I think you temper that. I think there's enough guys in this team that if things go bad uh, at one point or another, you know, it's not going to be all the guys there. It's not going to be a big bunch. So I think that's why we mentioned earlier, haven't seen the, the negative or the losing streaks and things like this just because I think they've got such a strong bunch. And, and on, the, on the bench as well. I mean, it's, I mean, you got Jackie Bradley who clutches it once in a while, but he's, yeah. he's, he's a guy you got to sit down. He's a pretty decent player. He's not hitting very well right now, but, uh, but I think you're still going to clutch. I think you know, Craig's trying to get him a little bit more accustomed to that clutch role, and uh, and I think that maybe he's one of the guys that comes in a little bit later. No doubt about it. This is the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN. We'll do some Sounds of the Week with producer downtown Molly Brown next on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Pack Attack. All Packers, all the time. I ain't gonna lie to you. This team is stacked. ESPN Wisconsin's best Packers talk every day. This is a stacked ball squad. Subscribe to the Pack Attack podcast on Wisconsin On Demand and wherever you get your podcasts. The Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Chatting with the man, the myth, the legend, former Wisconsin Athletic Director Pat Richter with us. I'm Alex Strofe, and our third member of our crew is downtown Molly Brown behind the glass producing the show. Time now for Sounds of the Week. are the sounds of the week on the Pat Richter Show. Brought to you by Simden Chevrolet in Mount Horeb. You're only minutes away from a better buying experience. All right, guys. So to kick it off, I have Matt LaFleur, where he spoke to the media today about the team's roster decisions. Here's what he had to say. That, for, that practice yesterday, when there's only 53 guys, it certainly felt different it felt weird it felt like you know we were missing a bunch of people and I think today getting 
a lot of these guys back in, getting the 16 practice squad players. That'll bring some natural energy to practice. And But we're excited about, about the group we have. And Are you guys excited about the group that the Packers have? I'm excited, but I don't know what we're looking at. I mean, it's pretty hard to, <laughs> to gauge that when you haven't seen anybody on the field, basically. And that's a big question mark I have, I guess, is in terms of, uh, you know, it's not as if we've had a team that's been put together for the last 10 years or five years or whatever it is. And I noticed, you know, last week when we were playing in Buffalo, they, they had a number of starters in there and mixed in a pretty good group. And so they probably had a little bit better feel. And one of the questions yeah. that was really raised, which is probably legitimate, because given the fact that uh, that even just Jordan Love has tripped over the guard and centers and things like this, is the exchange between the center and the quarterback. I mean, this is a new, new center, and certainly you're going to do some in practice, but as we've all read and heard and talked about is that the you know the practices are not any kind of uh, gauge in terms of what the you know the games are like and so there's a lot of question marks but I'm sure that uh, the coaches have got a handle on it they're much happier with what they've got now but certainly I think most of the fans mind is a question of I really don't know this team let's put it that way no, you're totally right Pat I'm in agreement with you and and as Matt Lafleur alluded to there in that audio clip. Is that it? Must be very different, right? You go from 85 guys in a practice to 53 in a matter of I don't know 12, 24 hours. So certainly different. And uh, you know, while while we haven't seen anybody, it's it's going to be same old Packers, I think. And Aaron Rodgers has been a big proponent of you, you get a lot of those live reps in practice rather than in a, a meaningless game. Well, not always meaningless, but in the terms of Aaron Rodgers, a meaningless game in the preseason, but I'm excited to answer your question, Molly. I think this is a a Super Bowl contending group once they're all back and healthy. It was tough to see David Bakhtiari go on the physically unable to perform list, which knocks him out for the first six weeks, but uh, regardless, I I think this is a very good group, and and with with, as Pat has said a few times in the last half hour, anticipation and expectation, so uh, it should be fun to see. What's next? So Brian Gutekunst also spoke with the media, and he kind of talked about his feelings about their roster decisions, and here's what he had to say about it. I've had really good conversations throughout camp with Aaron and Matt, and and I think the communication has been really, really good. And so as we went into this um, kind of decision-making period, I think uh, you know everybody, the, all the people that are kind of involved in that were um, very aware of what was going on and why we were doing what we were doing. So I feel really good about oh. that, and um, the conversations that I've had with Aaron have been excellent. Oh. So I see you're intrigued by this clip. Um, do you guys think that the general manager speaking with Aaron Rodgers more about the decisions around the team could potentially change the quarterback's future with go the ahead. team? Yeah, go ahead, Pat. I tell you what, I think those are probably the most important words that were said in the whole show so far <laughs> is the fact that he, so I've had some good conversations with Aaron and Matt and, I mean, bingo, it really helped an awful lot to find out what's going on. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, there weren't a lot of guys that you talked about. We were seeing them in the paper and the press in terms of any surprises and whatever. I mean, the Cobb's going to be there and things like this, but, you know, I think that the fact is, is that he you know, where it was a little close. Aaron is probably probably more more astute guys of watching a game and picking things out and just trying to see, make sure that they aren't things that continuously playing. And if somebody's making a mistake each time or every game, whatever, those are things that are going to jump out at him, and he's going to jump on it. And so, I think that's a very positive note, certainly from the standpoint of 
execution is one thing, and but in terms of uh, keeping things, you know, mentally solid and everybody on the same page, that's a big way, big jump forward. I think. Yeah, no, I'm. I agree with you, Pat. But very interesting to me that he made sure to throw the fact that he was talking to Aaron about the decisions in, in that quote twice. He mentioned it not once, but twice that he was chatting with Aaron, which, uh, according to Aaron Rodgers, has been his big issue the last few years. So. To, to know that he's been a part of the conversation heavily, it sounds like, makes me at least a little bit more optimistic that maybe this isn't Aaron Rodgers last year in, in Green Bay. That working relationship between him and Brian Gutekunst seems to have taken a step forward. I'm not out of line there, Pat, am I? No, I think what you really, really got is it puts him in the best possible position to be on the same page in the whole season. I think that you know if you can't probably figure that this thing is whole put to bed and it's all quiet and things like this. There's still some aggravation there. But I think that uh, being adults, uh, the fact that you've got a, an objective, everybody's at the same objective is to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. And uh, the best way to do that is to communicate. And so I think you've done as much as possible. Now it's going to be left up to the execution of the, the QB and the players. And uh, that's all you can do. you got to sit back and watch it. Totally. Well said. What's next, Molly? So last but not least, Paul Christ met with the media earlier this week in preparation for the home opener against Penn State this weekend. Here's what he had to say. It's an exciting time, right? And, and looking forward to, obviously, the start of this game week, but start of the season. You know, appreciate all the, the work and the efforts by many to get us to this point. And yet all of that is just for the reason, and it's the season. Appreciate that, and that's, I think, part of the reason why I'm excited. I like this, like this group and kind of the way they've come together. Obviously, as a, as a team and individual players, coaches, we all got to continue to work and, and get better. But it's a, it's a fun group to be around. How are you guys feeling about the home opener against Penn State and also the season as a whole for the Badgers? Well, certainly Paul didn't uh, drop any tidbits of information there, <laughs> put it that way. I mean, I, I guess you could kind of say, Molly, was this this year's uh, information or was that <laughs> last year's or two years ago or three years ago? <laughs> Paul does that. Uh, I think he does it on purpose. I think he's, he just pulls everybody's chain. And, you know, he appreciates everybody and uh, – you know, that's what everybody loves about him, but he doesn't give you any any little inkling about what the heck's going on, let's put it that way. <laughs> that, you said that as perfectly as I could have, Pat. I was thinking the same thing. Paul doesn't really let a lot come out in his press conferences, does he? It's a lot of, I don't want to say coach speak, but it's a, it's it's pretty bland. And uh, I am excited, but, but Paul Chris... Uh, he didn't sound too excited, did he, Pat? I no, mean, he's, he's giving coach speak a whole new meaning, <laughs> put it that way. No doubt about it. That's that's fantastic. And Molly, I think there's one more audio clip in there. The, the Packers and the uh, excuse me, the New Orleans Saints have moved their season opening game to Jacksonville. Uh, is this Brian Gutekunst, Molly? Is that who that's from? Yes, it is. Got informed this morning that it was going to be Jacksonville. I don't think we had a whole lot of say. Um, I think obviously they work with us, but it's. Uh, I think with this being a New Orleans home game, that was a lot of say from our from our view. Love to have it here, though. Would have been nice. Yeah, that would have been nice. So that's Brian Gutekunst, Pat. Uh, I'm sure you heard the news uh, in, in wake of Hurricane Ida down uh, hitting Louisiana and New Orleans in particular. This game's been moved to Jacksonville, not this upcoming weekend, but the following. Weekend, uh, definitely a, a crazy situation, uh, but but the safe decision, right? 
Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. I think that uh, everybody was kind of hoping that it would be maybe in Dallas because we've had pretty good success in Dallas. Aaron Rodgers has, yeah. Yeah, in New Orleans. But uh, for now, we're having it in Jacksonville since I think uh, New Orleans is going to be spend most of their time in Texas and practicing there until they can get back to New Orleans. It's going to be they're going to have to travel, so it's be kind of a neutral, so to speak. I, I, I don't know if anybody's got a uh, fix on the, the field and whatever in Jacksonville, but I suppose probably the NFL probably looked at it and said this is maybe a, a little more of a neutral site. I know Dallas had some conflicts there at Jerry's place. And uh, so it, uh, I, you sense a little bit of, uh, not resignation, but a, a little bit of unhappiness, not, uh, w- wishing it was a little different. Uh, Brian just kind of wished it was probably in a better location, either in New Orleans or, or in, uh, in Texas. Yeah, you mentioned it. They've had plenty of success at Jerry's World down in Fort Worth or Dallas or wherever it actually is. But, uh, yeah, certainly an interesting situation. Uh, going down in New Orleans, so that the game moved to Jacksonville for the 12th of September. That does it for Sands of the Week. Thanks, Molly. This is the Pat Richter Show 100.5 ESPN, brought to you in part by Oak Park Place. Oak Park Place offers seniors and their loved ones peace of mind. Find the right balance of the care you need centered around your lifestyle. Move to a community with neighbors that become like family and enjoy the comforts of your apartment with an abundance of events just outside your door. Choose the fit that is right for you, from independent living to assisted living, memory care, and short-term rehabilitation. Oak Park Place, with locations on Madison's east side, in the Nakoma neighborhood, Janesville, and Baraboo. Visit oakparkplace.com to learn more. That's oakparkplace.com for Oak Park Place. This is the Pat Richter Show. We will wrap it up next on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. College football on ESPN Radio is back. The third-ranked Clemson Tigers face the fifth-ranked Georgia Bulldogs. Ready. Coverage begins Saturday at 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ABC. Presented by Dr. Pepper. It's the Pat Richter Show on 100.5 ESPN, the ESPN app, and Wisconsin On Demand. Alex Strofe in for Jim Rutledge, alongside the former Wisconsin Athletic Director, Pat Richter. Pat, I was out last week. I heard you had a bone to pick with me as we uh, we talked about <laughs> last, or no, two bone, weeks ago. A hot dog bone. Yeah, a hot dog bone to pick with me, as obviously you, you formerly the vice president of Oscar Mayer, and there was an article that came out that eating a hot dog takes 35 minutes off your life, which blows my mind because Joey Chestnut would have died about 15 years ago at that rate. Uh, but uh, do you have some harsh words to throw at me? Is this what I missed? No, everybody's got their <laughs> own preferences and things like this. I just happened to, my grandfather worked at Oscar Mayer, and uh, I kind of grew up eating Canadian bacon and hot dogs Ooh. and things like this. And and I look at myself and I said, I, I take care of myself. I said, I've eliminated all the risk factors except the age and heredity. And so it's all you can do. I don't consider the hot dogs or anything in the negative category. In fact, there was somebody that we used to use in advertising in Eskimeyer that we got a hot dog, I think, since he was five years old. He was like 90-some years old, and he told Johnny Carson he had a hot dog every day of his life. Now, that may be a little stretch of imagination, but... Uh, <laughs> But I, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't uh, I couldn't live without them. I love hot dogs, Pat. And Jim gives me a hard time because we were at 
the Dane County Fair probably uh, about two and a half months ago now. But uh, we were there, and I, it was a hot day, and I got a chili dog. And he thought that was the most outrageous thing that anybody's ever done is eat a chili dog on a hot day. But let me tell you, man, it satisfied the palate. I love a good oh, hot dog. Yeah, I don't, I don't do so much on the chili, but I, I do like it. Give me a little relish, mustard, and sauerkraut, and that's Ooh. all I need. But yeah. uh, what's really good is if you had one that you didn't eat all the hot dogs that were cooked on the grill or whatever it is, the next day, pop one in the microwave on a, just on a bun with all nothing else on it. It tastes about as much of a hot dog that you get at the ballpark as anything you ever had. So your your hot dogs over brats then? Yeah, I, I, I like brats too. But I, in fact, I like uh, uh, brat patties. Oh, I, I've really gotten to like it. Those I think <laughs> could put on a hamburger bun, and they're a little easier to eat. And uh, I think I really like that. Interesting. Good to know. Hey, Pat, before we let you go, I've got to ask you about this story that came out this week. I hope you saw it because it was about a high school football team that played a game nationally on ESPN TV, and it turns out they weren't a real high school at all. They were made up of JUCO dropouts. Their, their head coach had a warrant out for his arrest. I mean, it was just there was all sorts of crazy layers to this story. Did you see that? And if so, what was the reaction? No, I didn't, but I would react to it. I said, anything's possible on Texas football. I mean, <laughs> I think these guys are probably just uh, hankering for a, a little bit of a, a movie opportunity, perhaps, and things like this. But, uh, I, you know, there's so many movies out there where guys who come into the high school, they're you know, either under a cover or whatever, that uh, they're not the right age. But I would expect that would be something, just be a natural thing for Texas. But now it's not Friday Night Lights. It's Friday Night uh and maybe penitentiary lights, whatever they call it. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah. So the the story here, Pat, is is actually a team, quote unquote, out of Ohio, but they weren't affiliated with the Ohio high school governing body, and they played the IMG Academy out of Florida on national television. They lost 56 to zero, and then uh, a couple days later, this this news comes out, and and it's there's just all sorts of layers. It is the craziest thing I've seen, and we talked yesterday in the jump around about the craziest scandal in sports. Uh, and I, I'd say it's it's right up there, man. It is it is a crazy story, so you'll have to read into it a bit because I've never seen anything quite like it. Yeah, I can probably be presumptuous that it was Texas, but I guess Ohio is probably pretty close to the rabbit as they have it it's year-round football. But, uh, yeah. you know, it's just uh, you see that a lot in hockey, and, and I think that it's pretty hard to gauge the, the ages in hockey and think, things like this, but uh, kind of like the old uh, slap shot uh, story and uh, – it's good for good for a little laugh once in a while. No doubt about it. Pat, uh, one more thing before we let you go. Big game Saturday. We talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. Wisconsin, 12th ranked, hosting 19th ranked Penn State. Am I allowed to ask you for a game pick? I know you're probably going to roll with Bucky, but what, what are you looking for on Saturday? Uh, I'd say maybe something like about 23-3. to 3. Okay, low scoring? Yeah, I think, uh, I think we get our defense... Uh, Carries a day, maybe some turnovers to score as well, but I think that uh, uh, early in the year I go for the defense. Yeah, Jim Leonard, you mentioned his name earlier, staying with Wisconsin, probably one of the top uh, candidates for a head coaching job in college or an NFL defensive coordinator job. So he brings a ton of experience, and that defense returns quite a bit of experience, some of which, like linebacker Nick Herbig, has never even played in front of fans at Camp Randall. So we're certainly in for a treat, aren't we? 
Absolutely. We've got to come up with some kind of a name that he's going to call his name so many times and the announcer is going to have to come up with Nick Herbig or something like that. <laughs> well, so we'll give him a little chance to be creative. Yeah, we'll talk to Matt LaPay about that one. We'll, 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 we'll ring him up and make sure he does that. Well, Pat, appreciate the time. We'll, we'll chat next week and uh, enjoy the game this weekend, buddy. Okay, Alex, nice job. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. That's Pat Richter, former Wisconsin athletic director, here joining us on the Pat Richter Show. Molly Brown, big-time big time college football game this weekend, Wisconsin-Penn State. I know Pat's looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. You've got to be pretty excited, too, I'd imagine, right? I'm very excited. It feels like it's been a long time since college football happened. Yeah, I mean, obviously week zero this past week, but that was kind of just the tune-up to real football, and there hasn't been fans in the stands for quite some time. So it's an exciting time uh, down at Camp Randall. Can't wait to see how this city erupts this weekend as a a full house. And they're doing the – did you see how they're doing this? Each section is is – supposed to wear a certain color yeah uh, isn't it red and white red, stripes, red and white yeah and, you're, and yeah. you're assigned a color by your by your section i don't think they give out shirts though so no somebody's th- going to show up in red in a white section right i mean that's bound to happen isn't yes. it yes um <laughs> i went to a university of arizona game with my mom a few years ago and it was a whiteout and my mom was the person that wore a blue shirt so yeah it happens <laughs> wait a way to throw her under the bus like that i love that well appreciate your work molly uh, on the pat richter show this week, uh, we've got Scalzo and Bruss coming up next on ESPN Madison. I'm Alex Stroop. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace.